0: Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood.
1: All right. You ready, babe?
0: Yep. Let's do it, mama.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Doing It At Home podcast. We have a great conversation for you today. We are chatting with the experienced, wise, beautiful midwife, Afua Hassan. And she actually has a doing-it-at-home connection back in episode 88. We got to hear from Janelle and Jarmar Dupas on their birth story. And Afua is the midwife behind that birth story. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go check it out. That way, when you are in this conversation, you can put yourself in that space of connecting the the two conversations, because it's really cool to get to hear from the midwives and hear their experience and the breadth of their knowledge. And that is exactly what Afua brings to this conversation and topics we, in a short amount of time, go hit a lot of points. (laughs) We talk about what's normal in birth. It's variations of that, the fear that women have around birth, and we get into racism in birth healthcare and in the medical system that is around birth. And we're just so grateful to Afua for sharing her energy with us. She's created a really amazing community in Houston, Texas, founding her business, The Birthing Place, which is the only freestanding birth center owned and operated by a Black midwife in Houston. And it's been open since 2011, and she has been practicing since 1984. So this is a great one. I know you will enjoy it. And we're very grateful to Afua and Janelle and Jamar for connecting us with her. So thank you. And right before we get into that conversation, have to acknowledge our sponsor for the episode, Bump Boxes. And you guys, Mother's Day is coming up. So... This is your assignment right now to treat yourself or a mama friend to the gift of bump boxes. It's a monthly subscription box, basically the perfect pregnancy gift box that you could give someone or get for yourself. And how it works is you go to bumpboxes.com. You choose your plan. You can either go monthly, three, six, or nine months, and it's all tailored to your due date. And then all you do after that is you wait for your box to come in the mail. It's all for you, full-sized, healthy products tailored to you, for you, for that mama self-love and self-care. And when you sign up for Bump Boxes and use the code D-I-A-H, you will receive 35% off your first box with a subscription. Everybody wins. When mama's happy, everyone is happy. So make you mama or a mama, you know, happy and excited and loved on with the gift of Bump Boxes. Again, go to bumpboxes.com and use that code D-I-A-H. And we only plug companies on the show that we have been able to be a part of in some way, experience what they do, their product, service, whatnot. And I got to tell you, I love my Bump Box even without a bump. Uh, this stuff is legit and awesome. Yes, I use the word legit because it is. So go check it out again, bumpboxes.com, code D-I-A-H. And without any further ado, our conversation with Afua Hassan.
0: Sick of being upsold at gyms? My God.
1: Hi, Afua. Welcome to the Doing It At Home podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's it's an honor and a
1: pleasure. Ah, uh, thank you. And we have a really cool connection in that you've actually been mentioned on the show before, even though you haven't been on the show, which is really neat. Yeah. Um, episode 88, we spoke with Janelle and Jamar, um, and they were a family of yours that you helped support in the birth, in one of their home births. So that's that's yeah. amazing. Yeah,
0: it was. and And their birth was everything that they wanted, which mm-hmm. was really nice, because it was their fourth baby. And um, they had three hospitals, so they were with, with midwives. And so she was like, "I want the children are going to be sleep. I want it at night." And that's actually what happened. We <laughs> were sleeping. Um, I came over. I actually had a first-time mom in labor that I was there, but I had another midwife sit with her. I came. Janelle was an active label, her husband got the pool ready, and um, boom, she had a baby. It was great, and I was there for about an hour, I went back, and stay with my other mom and a couple hours later she had her baby. That was great.
1: <laughs> wow. That's that's something I have so much appreciation for as much as I can, not understanding the life of a midwife, especially when you do have multiple mothers kind of around the same right. time. That's just gotta be very interesting to say the least. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, and it was funny because um Jonelle and another mom were doing no, uh, the mom, the sec- the first mom, she had somebody else do on her same date, but it was actually Jonelle who went. So, and one thing about here at the place where well, we have group prenatal, and so all the moms get to meet each other, and I also say the babies get to meet each other, and they're like, okay, I'm going to go on Friday. Okay, well, I'll go Friday night. Okay, and then, you know, it kind of works out like that.
1: That's kind awesome. of worked out Just
0: like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: so you mentioned the birthing place, and you are the founder owner operator of the birthing place, and tell us a little bit about that you know how how it came into creation and what you've been doing with the space since um nineteen eighty five is that correct?
0: Uh, the birthing my business has been um in operation since the late eighties um, the birthing place as a birth center didn't come uh, into being until 2011. Okay. So I was a home birth midwife first. Okay. And uh, what happened was my uh, my second daughter, um, unfortunately, she was 18 and um, got stricken, I guess if that's the word to use, with cancer. And one of the things that she said was, Mom, you have to have a birth center because... Everybody, all moms can't have a home birth, and so you need to have a birth center, and she said it, and because um, it was her declaration, because she knows I don't like to do paperwork, and that's the thing about having a birth center, you know, just even opening it is a lot of paperwork, but I went through it because she um, got diagnosed in um, October of uh t- 09. And she actually transitioned in July of 2010. And so it was my mission to open up the birth center. And so it came to pass in 2011. Wow. And so that's how the birth center of birth centers, um, birth center birth came to be was um, because she was like, Mom, you got to do it. And mm. so it has been, uh, it has been a wonderful experience, because I have met a lot more moms. And uh, what happens is some of them will have the, the baby at the birth center the first time, and then it's like, oh yeah, no, I'm gonna do a home birth the, the second time. And now I have some moms who, uh, like with their first baby, they'll still have a home birth, but there are a lot of moms who um, want a birth center birth um, the first and sometimes second time also. So um, I'm very very fortunate because you know when you um, see on television commercials about hospitals, and they say, oh, it's home-like. Well, my birth center is not home-like. It is home because the birth center is on the first floor, and I live on the second and third floor. And, in fact, um, the whole place now is going to be the birth center because I have more clients. And so my sons are moving out and getting an apartment. So it is, though it's still my home, it is very homey because um, it's my home.
1: Wow. That's amazing. All yeah. of what you said is, is very powerful. I mean, the the inspiration and the kind of movement into the birth center from your daughter, I just think is so beautiful and magical and what you've been able to create as a result of of you know that seed she planted. And the fact that you said it is a home, and even if you are going to kind of yeah, move so. out a little bit to make more space for all the amazing women you're serving, yeah. I mean, it's that's been a true. home and it's been lived in. And uh, that's just, yeah. that's really that great. Is-
0: so one of the things that, um, like, I'm, I live in Texas, in Houston, Texas, and, um, but I'm from Connecticut. And so as a transplant, I had to make my community. And so with my home birth practice and now the birth center practice, I make a community because a lot of women are, like, a lot of their friends have had babies, but not necessarily outside of the hospital. So that's why I do group prenatal once a month. And that's a time when all the moms get together. We talk about a subject and then I feed them. And, um, and so they get to see each other every month. So as the moms progress in their pregnancy and then after they have their baby, they come back and they tell their birth story. Mm. And so they're wrapped in a real community. I also have it for men, the dads. And the dads have a group. They don't leave as often because they're not coming that often, but they do come probably like once a quarter, and it's just dad supporting dads. And they, um, I go down there in the beginning, talk a little bit, and make sure they introduce. I leave them a few questions, but then before they, you know it, they've taken over, and the, the dads, the experienced dads, are telling their experience. The new dads are asking their questions. And it becomes uh, uh, another way that they get to support each other. Some of the dads hang out. They have play dates with their children afterwards. They go out drinking, having a good time, because it, it becomes a family. It, you know, it really becomes a family. And one of the other things that we offer here at The Birth Place is a lactation support group. And it's run by um, Leah Whitley, who's IBCLC certified, and once a month. She comes and she talks about breastfeeding for moms who are um, already lactating and for pregnant moms because we live in a society where a lot of moms don't see other women breastfeeding or their friends don't necessarily breastfeed. And it is part of the fourth stage of labor the postpartum part of breastfeeding, because when you're in labor, you deliver a baby, and then as soon as the baby comes, you have to manufacture milk and deliver milk, and so that's a whole nother realm. But and because our moms get supported, they have um, a, a very successful time in breastfeeding. So I just had a mom uh, ten years ago; she had a breast reduction and. Her physician who did it didn't say, hey, that might interfere with your breast milk production. And so we had to work with her a lot to make sure that she was producing enough milk so the baby was growing. And, you know, she was really down on herself for having an operation. But through the course of, of us being on top of it and she doing all the things that she needs to do, needs to do, she is... Um, able to successfully breastfeed exclusively. And that was something that she, it was very important to her.
1: Wow. So what, I, yes, what I'm hearing yes, a yes. lot in all of what you just described is storytelling and wisdom sharing and really just kind of bringing it back to basics, which I think is a lot of what we've lost over the years or what it seems like maternal and postpartum care is is lacking a little bit these days is just some of those basics of feeling heard, feeling understood, connecting with other families and just, you know, honoring that space and, you know, getting us back into those circles of sharing our stories and sharing our families with each other. And it, it seems like that's really what you're you're cultivating there. And that's that's another thing I'd love to hear from you on is just how do we continue to nurture and honor you know, some of what were basically ancient practices but have kind of gotten muddled and diluted along the way. You know, how do we return to that um, well, in the birth first world? Have
0: to under- yeah, that's true. First, we have to understand that
1: birth is normal, mm. but
0: when you go to the medical model of care, it's an emergency, it's a problem, like you're a patient because it's like an illness that they have to fix, where for us, they're clients. I don't like, you know, they become a patient if they're they're sick and have to go to the hospital, but they're clients. And so we manage the care um, collectively. I always tell my clients that the mom is the captain, that the partner is the co-captain, and I'm the advisor. Mm. Whereas when you're in the medical model of care, the doctor is, you just do whatever the doctor says. So I had a mom call me up and she said, well, I went to the doctor and I really don't want to go back. And I said, well, what happened? He's like, well, they did a vaginal exam. And I was like, well, why? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, but time, somebody is getting ready to do something to you, you have the right to say, what, why? And what happens if I don't do that? It, you know, what are the consequences if I don't do it? Where most of the time when women go to the doctor, they just... Acquiesce and, and agree, and without asking questions. And so, the first thing I think that is that no matter where a mom, um, um, whoever her healthcare provider is, she needs to ask questions and she needs to do some reading. I mean, and now there's so many videos and find out what is important to her. And um, if that healthcare provider can even help her find out what is important to her. because if not, she'll end up with a birth that she was like, well, what just happened to me? Like, I don't even know what just happened to me. And so, but we're afraid, like most women are afraid of birth. And I was a midwife for five years before I had my first child. And so my mom came down and she's from Connecticut and she said, So, what hospital are we going to? And I was like, Mom, I'm a home birth midwife. What are you saying? I'm not home. <laughs> and she was like, That's for the other people. This is our baby. What hospital are we going to? So, with my mom, who supported me all through college and middle school, um, She still was like, but we are we going to the hospital? So I totally understand when families are um, unaware or afraid of the process, but it's not going to work until you trust the process. And it would be really, really nice if um, the United States was like a lot of other European countries where the first person that a pregnant woman is going to see is a midwife but we're not there yet. And really and truly, I put it the onus on women because until women say to a physician, no, you can't do that. I don't want to be induced. I'm not going to do it. Or, you know, they find out what really is real and what isn't real and say, no, I'm not going to do it. Our medical model of care is going to say what it is right now, which is a high C-section rate for, for all of us it's high uh, infant mortality and morbidity and maternal mortality and morbidity, but in the African American community, it's even greater. It's, you know, our babies are dying and our moms are dying. uh, And, and it, and unfortunately, as an African American woman, when I have that conversation, Caucasian women don't know it and African American women, they don't know. And so we're trying to, um, because if it was the opposite, if white women and white babies were dying at the numbers that our moms and babies are dying, it would be an uproar, but it's up to us. And I'm putting the onus on us for us to find out, for us to put the word out, because if we don't do it clearly, it's not going to get done. So here at the birthing place, I have clients, um, from all ethnicities and, um, but I I can't say that, okay, I give special care to African American moms, but I do because I know that we're not listened to. And I listen to, I listen to all of my clients. I listen to all my clients, but I know what it is to be an African American and not be heard. And if Serena wasn't heard, Mm. Uh, and, and all we have to do is just say Serena. We don't have to say Serena Williams, the tennis player, but she wasn't heard, and she almost died in child, like right after childbirth, and it was because of the only thing that we can see that really is about racism because she told them, look, I need my uh, heparin, and I need a CAT scan, and they're like, oh, no, you're fine. And then they gave her an ultrasound and like you're not going to see the blood because it was a blood clot that needed to be um, seen. But you can't see it on the ultrasound. They gave her an ultrasound. Oh no, you're fine. And then she's short of breath more and more and more. So then the physician was like, oh, let's give her a casket and they found it and they gave her a heparin and she's fine. But if if And she has a billion, her husband is a billionaire. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if they don't listen to her So it's not about our socioeconomic status. It's not that. It's like they don't listen to us. And so that, at the birthing place, it's very, very important that we get the word out, that um, uh, we let, we um, inform people so that they are aware of what is going on in our community.
1: Wow. All of that is... Mm -hmm. Is Wow. And, and the birthing place is the only freestanding birth center owned and operated by a black midwife in the city of Houston, correct? Yes,
0: that, correct. Yes, yes, that, that's true. And like, <clears throat> so I bought a house in the neighborhood, like a neighborhood that I grew up in. And so it's Third Ward. And so I've had the house for 20 years. And like I said, I just, it just became a birth center, even though it was my office. And so, but now the neighborhood, and I, as an African-American and growing up in New Haven, I grew up in the African-American community. And um, so in the beginning, uh, you know, it was all black people in the neighborhood. Well, now it's getting regentrified and Caucasians and Latinas are, have, are moved into the neighborhood. And so, because at first people, like when a Caucasian couple will come, I, I remember a husband saying to me, well, is my wife going to be safe you know, when she comes for her prenatal, And my my question to that was, tell me where it is, Sage. Because I have clients who live in gated communities, and it's not safe. And so, you know, I know perception, but I also know reality. And Mm. so, but now, because everybody now lives here, and my taxes are going up, and, you know, but then there are also more people, because I'm, Five minutes away from downtown, and I'm five minutes away from the medical center. And so, some people like the idea of a birth center so close to the medical center. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because if there is an issue, we're right there, and there are 20 hospitals there for us to choose from. Um, But the most important thing that I would say to anybody having a baby, whether it's in the hospital at home or in a birth center, is that one, you have to trust the process and you have to trust your healthcare provider and be able to have open dialogue with them, him or her. Um, because if you ask a question and they're like, Oh no, that's okay. Well, you're early in the process. We don't have to talk about that. That's a red flag. Mm-hmm. That's a red flag. And um, so it's important to me that all of my clients get serviced the way they, they need it. Because at the end of the day, I had my four babies. And I had them the way I wanted to have them, with the midwife that I wanted to have them with. And they were all, and if, if anybody's out there and doesn't know, uh, birth is painful. Mm. Um, for me, it was. Some people, it's a piece of cake, but for me, it was. <laughs> and But I want, I want my clients to have the birth that they want. So we spend a lot of time talking about it. Like, I see my mom every two weeks from the very beginning. It's not this monthly thing. It's every two weeks. How are you doing? How's your job? What's your stress level? Uh, what is your stress level? Because we bring all of those aspects with us to labor, all of them. And so, like, I just had a mom. She had three C-sections. And I guess it's two weeks ago now. She had three C-sections, and she had a vaginal birth right here at the birth level. Wow. Now, her pregnancy, she did not have fear that her, um, uterine, uh, incision was going to open up. Her question was, how's it going to come out of my vagina? Like, (laughs) (laughs) how how does that actually work? Like I, it did it even though she saw the videos and, and, and it was a really good question because she was pushing, but she wasn't pushing. Mm. And until, and I let my mom get in the position that's most comfortable for them. When she got on her hands and knees, I got to see she was pushing, pushing, but then she would stop. Like, because her, her anus would start to open up, but then she was like, oof, no, that's. And then I said to her, no, ma'am, you got to push through that. It's got to open. And in two minutes, she had a baby. Wow. And here go her husband. Ah, uh, you should have told her that two hours ago. That's
1: <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, because it was just that, I was like, no, you gotta, and she didn't want to poop, and a lot of moms, so mm-hmm. I didn't worry about it, like, that's how you yep. get the baby out, and so now she's like, oh, I know how it happens now, and that experience changed her life, like, mm-hmm. her whole world, and this was, this woman is brilliant, because her starter was broken, she went on YouTube, and fi- I'm not doing that, like, when any, she can fix anything, she could but she was, Clueless about how the baby was going to come out of her wow. vagina, wow. and now and now she knows, and now she knows. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to, mm-hmm.
1: I want to circle back to something um, as we're kind of wrapping up here you talk about the onus being on the women. And when I think about that, I think of what, what the layers are underneath that. So women who are pregnant and seeking care, you know, it's up to them to, you know, make sure their voices are heard or just to share their voices. It's up to women who are not even receiving care, but who are seeing the inadequacies or seeing the lack and can help fill that gap and use their voice to help with that. It's uh, partners and it's husbands and, you know, birth team, you know, it's all of those people to support, you know, the women exercising their voices. What are, for any listening who are in any of those roles right now, a pregnant woman, a not pregnant woman or mom who just wants to be a part of of change and shifting things forward, or a birth partner, husband, whatever, what are just a few simple things that they could do Right now, if they want to be a part of moving things forward in a solution, but just don't really know how they could make impact.
0: Okay, that, that's a very good question. And like you said, there are a lot of layers. But the first thing is to know that a baby can come out of your vagina, whether you've had a C-section, whether this is your first baby, whether you're overweight. Because I have that all the time. Oh, the doctor said I'm gonna have a C-section on my first visit. What is to believe that the baby can come out of your vagina? Mm. and then find a team that also believes that, but you have to do your your homework. What happens when I get to thirty forty weeks and the baby's not here? Do I automatically get induced? If the doctor says yes, then you need to move on. because uh, though I'm a midwife, I only want clients that want a midwife. Like, I don't want a a, a client who wants to be in the hospital because it's not going to work. She's going to end up in the hospital anyway. I want all women to have the birth that they want. But you have to understand that when you go to the medical model of care, the, the Like when you first go in, when you're in labor, those people don't know you. And so they do what they automatically do. Get you in, start an IV, get you some Pitocin. And if that's something that you don't want, then you have to say, uh, I don't want that. And you have to say that during the course of your pregnancy. And, and <clears throat> there are some physicians who say, oh, what you want, I can't provide. And you, what you say is thank you and move on to the next. You're shopping. You are actually shopping, but my thing is read what normal is. Because as many women as there are, there are different levels of normal. Just because you get to 40 weeks doesn't mean that you have to be induced. What you know, in in but the mom has to be her own advocate. She has to find out the information. And there are now that we live in this social media time, you can go on there and say, hey, what is normal for uh, labor? Mm. And you can say a high school birth, a home birth, a birth center birth and then find out what works best for you. And then go out and and don't stop until you find that person. Do not stop until you, because that person is out there for you. That person is out there for you to support you in all that you want.
1: Yeah, it is. That person is. That's great. That's amazing. Um, Afua, you are you are amazing. I wish that we could talk for hours and hours. <laughs> um, if someone in the Houston area is interested in connecting with you or learning more about the birthing place and the greater community, where can they do that?
0: Okay. So um, uh, the birthing place, my telephone number is really easy. It's 7 3 Midway. You nice. can't get any better than that. Uh-huh. I'm uh <laughs> located in the greater uh third ward area, which is five minutes from downtown, five minutes from the medical center, and so I'm right like here. Seven one three midwife, you'll get me.
1: I love it. I love it. Ofu, Hassan, you are such a light. And I'm so grateful that you are there in Houston doing what you do, doing what you're passionate about and gifted in. And I know the women and families that you serve are as well. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on the Doing It At Home
0: podcast. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast and doing what you do, because When moms listen to the stories, that helps them to make decisions too that you put out. And I know that it's real, like, it's work to do Mm -hmm. what you do. So I appreciate all the work that you do, okay? Thank you. You're welcome.